Hey guys, welcome to Sober AF with Kate. That's me, your host. On this podcast, we talk about recovering from addiction or currently living in active addiction. But here's the twist. Everyone featured on this show is living a double life. You wouldn't know the major struggles they face simply by their looks and social status. This could be your mother, brother, neighbor, or friend. We get into the nitty gritty details of what it's like to be an addict and keeping up with the Joneses. Hey everybody, welcome to episode one of Sober AF with Kate. That is me, Kate. I am your host, guys. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be talking about the journey of addiction and all the trials that is faced with that. And this first episode is really just gonna be about me getting to know me and a little bit about my story before I start bringing guests on, which that'll be next week, and I'm so excited for that. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about myself and then finish up with a little bit of a Q&A. Um, I did get so many questions on Instagram and Facebook, but I'm just going to go ahead and stick to a couple of them here. So guys, my name is Kate Kensel, and right now I currently do YouTube full-time. My YouTube channel is about vlogs and adventure, my bucket list, and um, I kind of want to keep my channel to that adventure lifestyle and more of that happy, energetic vibe. And I have had so many of you guys uh, DM me and say, I want to hear more about your mental health, and I want to hear more about your journey with addiction, but I really, really wanted YouTube to stay and that really, really happy, exciting environment. So here I am starting a podcast to talk all about mental health and addiction. So guys, um, I'm gonna jump right into it. I had my first drink when I was 14 years old and that really changed my life. And I am very fortunate because I had such a great childhood. My parents were awesome. I was raised with great morals. Um, The only complaint I have is that I was raised uber religious and I've kind of gotten away from that as I'm I'm older. Um, I do have spirituality and I do have a relationship with God, the universe, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I'm not exactly a Bible thumper or (laughs) anything that you would seem along those lines. So um, yeah, I had my first drink when I was 14, an innocent drink, and I really feel like that first drink rewired my brain. I can't explain it. It was, I had that drink and I said, wow, this is life. This is what life is about and this is what I want. And and since then, I kind of been chasing a high. By the time I was 16, I was drinking before 10 a.m., and I was homeschooled. I'm a homeschool dropout, actually, guys, fun fact. At 16, really started drinking heavily. And then by the time I got into my early 20s, um, I was drinking vodka. And that was definitely the nail in the coffin for me because I started drinking vodka. Next thing you know, it was vodka and water. And then it was straight vodka and a water bottle being carried around all day long. So my addiction really um, just really took a hold of my life. And that's all I could think about, guys, was when is that next drink? When's the next drink? You know, I would have my first drink and already be thinking about my second drink. Second drink, I'd already be thinking about my third drink. It took over my life. But but here's the twist, is that nobody knew I was an addict. You know, on the outside, I still looked good. I um, still had my health at the time, which that kind of changed and, and made a little bit of a U-turn at the end. And I'll t- talk about that. But um, yeah, so I, I still had my health. And then I was opening a video production company. I had a family. Uh, I was what you would call quote unquote successful. I mean, I was making great money. I had employees. I I was doing the whole thing. And uh, you know, the whole time I'm drinking at eight o'clock in the morning, drinking vodka out of a coffee cup or a water bottle uh, until I go to bed. I wasn't a fall down crazy drunk. So I got, I, I really lived under that radar for so long until the depression got so bad with me. I just, I got to the point where I said, I think I just am gonna end it all. And that was about, I was 29 years old. I'm still 29 years old. I've just hit um, seven and a half months of sobriety. 
Yay. I'm going to clap for myself there because that is huge. And if you are listening right now and you have hit 10 days of sobriety, 30 days of sobriety, year of sobriety, whatever it is, give yourself a round of applause because being sober is hard. It is so hard. Yes, it is rewarding, but it is so, so, so hard. So anyways, um, this is a real quick, quick, quick version of my life. I started experiencing getting sicker with the depression and you know physically really going downhill and turned out i ended up going to the doctor um, my liver was swollen again my liver was swollen back and when i was 26 and i was hospitalized for 12 days my liver was sticking out of my side they didn't know what was wrong with me um that i was ran through every test two years prior to that i internally bled to death so i'm sure i did internal organ damage through that they, they told me i did so you know i just don't have the best organs anymore and i'm sure the vodka piling on did not help so yeah, guys, uh, long story short, I started suffering from seizures. I had seizures pretty bad for about three months prior to quit drinking and um, my liver was swollen and my first test, my liver enzymes didn't look good. The second test, my liver enzymes were iffy. It was just, the whole thing was just, it happened so quick. So next thing you know, I'm sitting on my porch, I'm drinking, I'm smoking a cigarette because I of course picked up smoking again through all this stress. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I just need to end it all. What's the point of this anymore? I'm miserable. All I want to do is drink. It, I'm, that's not, I, it's not in my future anymore. So I really was contemplating suicide at that point. And, um, you know, something happened. Something changed. And I said, you know what? Why don't I try getting sober? Before I kill myself, why don't I just try it? If it doesn't work out, I can always kill myself later, right? Sounds terrible, but that was really my thinking process at the time. So... Um, you know, I told my husband, okay, fine. I'll go to detox. I'll go to detox. I went and left for detox. It was the worst, worst week of my life. I don't even really recollect it. I was given so many drugs. I was so sick. Um, oh God, detox was terrible. And then right after that, um, I was supposed to be thrown to rehabs, had some issues, couldn't go right to rehab. So I started, um, attending meetings, got a sponsor right away. So shout out to my sponsor, Jen. She is freaking phenomenal. She has honestly saved my life. I don't think she realizes it. And then with that, my doctor, because of my health, wanted me to see a psychiatrist right away. So I was, I did get sent to an addiction psychiatrist. And then on top of just getting sober, I was probably only sober a couple weeks. I get diagnosed with bipolar disorder and major depression disorder. And that really hit me hard. I just all of a sudden thought, I'm crazy. No one's going to take me seriously. My emotions aren't valid anymore because it's just because it's the bipolar. I really had a really hard time with that diagnosis. But I always tell the story because I really, I, I, this is why I'm so public with what I do. So when I found out I was bipolar, I had a woman tell me she was bipolar a year prior to that sitting at a bar drinking. And I knew this girl and she was so full of life. She's so beautiful. She's so bubbly. Everyone loves her. And I said, how the heck can this girl be freaking bipolar? There's no way. And yet she was. And um, so as soon as I got my diagnosis, I didn't call my mom, I didn't call my husband, I didn't call my best friends. I, I literally reached out to Instagram on this girl and was like, I just been diagnosed with bipolar and I think my life is over. And she really talked me through it and it made me realize so many people struggle with mental illnesses and addiction and whatever and it's okay, it's okay. You know, we're not perfect people. And just because I'm bipolar doesn't mean I'm damaged goods. It's just my brain works a little bit differently than other people. And so that is when I decided, you know what? I need to be public about this. And I decided to just full force. I posted it right on Instagram. 
and was like, I'm bipolar, <laughs> I'm an addict, you know, all this stuff. And I really jumped into it. And I really, it's been crazy the journey that has really set me on. Now I'm sitting here seven and a half months later talking to a microphone to you about mental health and addiction. So it's really opened my life up in such a great way. I'm just really, really been blessed and grateful through this whole process. And of course I got my, you know, my medications are still working out, but and then I started seeing an addiction therapist right away to work through the other things. So I had really had a team of people behind me because of my illness, I think, and my health and, and just the way things were going. But I'm so fortunate for all of these people that came forward. And I really owe so much to my therapist. I owe so much to my psychiatrist. Seriously, she has no idea how much she's changed my life. Um, and my sponsor and my mother and my husband, you know, because my life was just so bad before and and now the farther I am away from using in my addiction I can see how terrible my life I was on the verge of divorce I was separated I was drinking all the time I had the shake so bad in the morning that if I didn't drink then I would be sick and then I would drink so much to the point where I would ha drop down and have a seizure in front of a friend or it was so wild it just it was a non-stop life it just never stopped so um that's kind of the quick version of my life. I do have a deeper version of it with all of the nitty gritty details. But honestly, I think you guys are going to hear a lot of details about my life by interviewing with other people and doing Q and A's. So I don't need to sit here and, and talk for 60 minutes straight about um, my story, my experience. I don't think I think just a little bit is quite quite sufficient enough. Plus, it's not I'm not gonna lie. I'm sitting here staring at a microphone <laughs> talking. This is a lot easier when you have a guest on the show. So I'm kind of gonna keep it uh, short and sweet today. I'm gonna go ahead and jump into the Q&A that I have now. Um, so Isabel on Instagram asked, how long and hard was the battle of addiction? So I was in my addiction for about 13 years. I did have a small break when I had my son. Um, I did get pregnant, I think at 23 or 24. And um, of course I was smoking and drinking and um, I, as soon as I had that positive pregnancy test, I did give it up. And I don't think I was that deep in my addiction because it was easier for me to give up than it was obviously this last time when I had to do detox and rehab. So, I was sober for about 15 months with my son and um, you know, it started back up again. It was, oh, let me just have a glass of wine. Let me, let me, well, now I don't feel anything from one glass. I need two glasses. Oh, I need three glasses. Oh, I need the bottle. Uh, and then within six months, I'm opening a vodka bottle and drinking vodka again early in the morning. So I just had a very interesting question asked to me the other day when I was at a bar family barbecue and it said, when you're an addict, is there a point where you're not an addict anymore, right? Like you've been sober so long that you can have one drink and it'd be one drink. And, I, and my answer was very simple. Absolutely not. Once you're an addict or, you know, an alcoholic, there's no such thing as going back because yes, you can control your addiction for a very, very short period of time. You know, you can have that one glass of wine or that one beer, but you know what? Let's be honest, guys. Let's cut the bullshit out and be honest with each other because the, the true fact of it is you have that one, it leads to two, it leads to three, it leads to four, and then it leads to your drink of choice. And once you get to your drink of choice, forget it. You know it's over at that point. So I think that pretty much wraps up my question from Isabel. Isabel, thank you so much for sending in that question. I really appreciate it. The next question we have is from Josh on Facebook. Why get sober? What was finally the straw that broke the camel's back? Having a kid and a family is a dime a dozen. So what made you finally say this has to stop? Josh, thank you so much for your question. So to sum that up, I would say I was sick. I finally lost my health, which I always had, not always, I, I had been prior sick before, like I said, with internally bleeding and lead poisoning and uh, I think like seven major head injuries, no kidding, where I've been hospitalized. 
I've had a little bit of it rough, I guess, with my health. But once I've realized that I uh, was potentially an early liver failure and the seizures, which they, my doctor told me once that flip is switched with the seizures, it's done. I drink again, I'm going to have a seizure. So it was pretty much the end of my heyday there. Um, but it was pretty much, I would say, the depression, the, the suicidal tendencies, and my health. That's what really, really made me realize I'm going to be dead soon. I'm either going to be dead because my body is going to give out or I'm going to be dead because I'm going to take my own life. And that was a really scary reality. If you've ever suffered from suicidal thoughts or tendencies, first of all, seek out and get help. That's scary. And if you've been there, it's terrifying because all of a sudden you look in the mirror and don't recognize what you see and you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself because you don't, you, you're not sure what you're capable of doing. And when you have a son and a husband and a mother and a brother and, and a family, the last thing you want to do is do that because I can tell you now the devastation you leave in in, in your path after you're gone um, is irreversible damage. So think about that. Um, you know, it's going to hurt your loved ones way more than it's going to hurt yourself. So that was definitely when I said, okay, enough is enough. I need to at least try getting sober before I attempt this. And lo and behold, it's seven and a half months later, guys, I'm still sober. And guess what? I don't want to kill myself. I don't at all. I love my life. And now that I'm medicated for my bipolar major depression disorder, I very rarely do I hit those points of um, suicidal tendencies. You know, it still can happen. My, my medication can get messed up, whatever. You know, we're all human. And if you ever have suffered from major depression disorder or bipolar disorder, you understand that fe feelings and emotions are fleeting and they change so quickly. But as a whole, no, I do not feel like I did when I was using. So it's, it's really incredible what sobriety can do for you. And I'm not saying, I'm not selling you this idea on sobriety saying, oh, your life is a magical, no, it's not. It's not a magical fix at all. Are you kidding me? Sobriety was hard. It was tough. I still have my bad days. Um, some days are worse than most days. I mean, if that made even made sense, but no, I mean, sobriety isn't the ma magical cure. Yes, your life is going to be significantly better than when you were using, um, but it's still hard. My next question is from Marissa. How long were you sober where you felt comfortable talking about it publicly? Um, great question, Marissa. Thank you. Um, you know, I kind of dived right into it because at the time I had a very small following uh, when I got sober. I think I only had like 2,400 subscribers on YouTube and about 6,000 followers on Instagram. And I really felt the accountability and mainly because honestly, I posted stories and YouTube videos and pictures of me acting like an asshole, uh, straight up. I was posting myself drinking, doing drugs, um, showing, hey, this is the life. If you want a cool life and you want to go to cool parties, then you need to drink and do drugs. And um, you know what? I, I have a lot of 16, 17 year olds on my page that's a fan. And to that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible to, to be saying that this is the life when, when really I secretly wanted to die. And here I was going, yeah, party, woohoo, like taking pictures of me looking hot. And you know, it's so fake. Social media is so fake. That's another story for another time. But really what you see on social media is not real. And I'm really trying now my sobriety to be authentically me on social media. Um, and it feels really, really good to kind of cut the bullshit out and really be who you truly are. Um, so I actually was public about it right away because it kept me accountable because I figured if I was going to relapse, it was going to be a lot harder when, you know, 8,000 people knew. Um, and since then, my following has grown. So I'm, I'm really uh, fortunate for that. And um, if you're one of my subscribers or followers on Instagram, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that was right away. I felt like I felt the need to do it right away. But if you are recently sober, don't feel the need to be, if you don't want to be public about it, first of all, don't be public about it. You can help people 
not being public about it. So you don't have to do that. If you want to do it, great, good for you. If you don't, great, good for you. There, there's no right way to do this. Um, all right, and my next question is from Mark. Um, when you were in sobriety, did you gain confidence Oh, I'm sorry, I read that totally wrong. When in your sobriety, did you gain confidence that relapsing wasn't an option? That's a really good question. Um, You know, when I went to detox, I kept the journal, which is not really legible. Um, And I have actually met some friends from detox. I talked about drinking the minute I got out. So I was in detox saying, I'm going to drink a bottle of vodka as soon as I get out of here. I didn't remember I did that until I read my journal and met some friends. Um, but I was very adamant on drinking right away when I went into treatment. I'm not sure if that was drugs. Not sure if that was just how I truly felt. Um, honestly, like I said, the first 30 days of being sober is really a blur. But I would definitely say I gained the confidence when um, I started seeing my psychiatrist when I got my sponsor and started working the steps. And about 30 days in, I said, there's no way. There's no way I'm gonna relapse. And, I, and I, you know, hold on, knock on wood, cause you never know. But I felt pretty confident about 30 days in saying, yeah, relapsing is just really off the table for me. And it also, there's a haunting fact, if I drink that drink, the chances of having, you know, I could have a grand mal seizure. Uh, that is terrifying absolutely terrifying. I don't want anyone wiping my ass because I just decided to make a drink and now I'm partially brain dead. So no, um, I have a couple of reasons on why I wouldn't relapse. A lot of reasons why I wouldn't relapse. But yeah, I would definitely say that relapsing wasn't an option in about 30 days. And prior to that, I thought any day, you know, any moment I was going to relapse, you know, but I was very fortunate that the first time I decided to get sober, I got sober. So I was not in and out of the program, in and out of the rooms. Um, I was very, it took a lot for me to get there though. I mean, I destroyed my body by not giving up the drink. And, um, but this was my first time, you know, saying, okay, I got to get sober. I did see a therapist back in, I think 2016, 2017. And it was talked about that I was an alcoholic. I was, you know, pretty sure I was an alcoholic and to check out a meeting. And I did, I went to a meeting, uh, kind of laughed my way through it, got a big book. Someone gave me, it was nice enough to give me a big book at my first meeting. And then I went straight to the bar, Linksters, a local bar here in Venice, Florida. And I sat at the bar reading my big book about not drinking. So that was how serious I took it the first time. And that was, I guess, yeah, again, 2016, 2017. So this was my first, my first time really quitting drinking. And I can confidently say, I don't think I'll relapse. Again, we never know. But as long as I believe you practice your steps, you stay close to your sponsor, you deal with as you know, your therapist or psychiatrist or whatever you need to do. If you keep doing those things, I really do feel like your chances of staying sober are um, pretty high. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. And I am so excited about our guests next week. So definitely stay tuned, guys. This podcast is going to be live every Friday. Every Friday is going to be a new episode. And if you are interested in watching my YouTube channel, just type in Kate Kensel. It is C-A-I-T-K-U-E-N-T-Z-E-L. And I upload every Monday and Thursday on that platform. And then, of course, follow me on Instagram. It is the same, at Kate Kensel. And um, I don't post that often, but I do post stories. And I do talk to you guys a lot. You guys send me so many DMs. So thank you. I love talking to you guys. All right, guys. Until next time, I will see you. Bye.